This is Fantasy Football Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks on Mayo Media Network. I am Pat Mayo. Smash the like and sub to the channel, by the way. And if you want all of the audio podcasts for this feed, hit the description or just search Fantasy Football Picks and Bets on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is that you download your podcast, you will find Fantasy Football Picks and Bets. This is different than the Pat Mayo Experience audio feed. You can find all the videos up on Mayo Media Network. That's not going to be a problem, but if you like to listen to audio or audio, not audio, audio podcast, then you're going to want to get this feed. It's going to be three times a week on Mondays. It's going to be me for the Monday night preview and the waiver wire pickups of the week. Wednesday evening, Thursday morning is going to be Tyler Tambolini of RunPureSports.com, and he will have your Thursday night preview and first look for the DraftKings pricing for the week. And then a Friday evening or Saturday morning, depending on when I get around to it, it's going to be me with the weekend prop plays on prizepicks.com and the full injury report and updated rankings list for the week. So you're going to want to sub to this feed if you're big and keen on props and season-long fantasy football because that's what we got coming at for you. All the rest of the shows can be found on the Pat Mayo Experience audio feeds, which if you rate and review right now on Apple or Spotify, five stars and leave something nice about the show, you're in on the draw. I'm just giving away a thousand bucks. So 500 to the winner, 250 to second and third or second and second, I suppose. It's a tie for second with the money I'm giving away. It takes you like 20 seconds. You may as well do that. Rate and review this show while you're there as well and help boost this up. Spread the word of what's going around. Today, I'm talking about the final season-long prize picks for the year, the overs, the unders, the more, the less on yardage totals, touchdown props, whatever it might be, and the early week one injury report because we have some big names that aren't around necessarily on Sunday or Thursday or even Monday as we get into it. And we'll try to see what the ramifications of that are. Tuesday on Mayo Media Network, all of the full rankings by position with Jake Seeley going to year nine of the rankings debate. So tune in to that. Once again, just smash the like button to the channel and you'll see the tools that I'm using, runthesims.com slash mayo uh, for your completely customizable tools. But let's jump over to prizepicks.com right now and we can take a look at some of the season-long props. If you want to get a match deposit of up to $100, uh, prizepicks.com, promo code MMN, will get that for you on first deposit. The link is down in the description as well. It'll take you right to it. So I highly recommend that you do that. There's a bunch that we can get on right now. So there's a special offer for week one. Tom Brady in Sunday Night Football over under down from 294.5 yards against the Cowboys to .5 yards against the Cowboys. Going to make that one a, a more than .5 and hopefully Brady doesn't take a sabbatical and actually shows up for the game. But here's the catch. The catch is you can only put in a $25 play when you use this prop. So I don't want to use that for the season long. I want to use that for week one. I don't want to burn it. I mean, if you're trying to build your bankroll, use Tom Brady, take your favorite prop, go in for 25, get three extra money, walk away with 75. That's a very viable route. Plus, if you use the match deposit with code MMN, you're going to be looking pretty fine there. So you're going to you know, deposit 100, they'll match you 100. So you have 200, and then you use 25 to turn it into 75. All of a sudden, you got 275 bucks to play with for the year. That's one way to do it. I am a bit more greedy with a lot of this stuff. So what I will be doing is using Tom Brady as likely a piece of a four or five leg play on prizepicks.com so I can turn my 250 or $25 into 250 knowing that I have a free square. If it was up to 100 bucks, you know, I might 
dial that back a little and do the two play. But that's not the way. You can only go up to 25 on your prize picks entry. So that's for week one. More on that on Saturday morning or Friday evening. Again, whenever I get around to it, uh, whenever the injuries come out and I have a good grasp of those, I can do that one. I'll have my two favorite plays. Uh, I'll even throw in a third and potentially use this as a fourth uh, to really boost it up and get 10x our money when you play the four play or even five play. And then you only have to go four of five if you don't do the power play on prizepicks.com. But let's scroll back over to the season long because I still like Tom Brady with a lot of this stuff. So Tom Brady, 4,650.5 yards. Uh, I am most definitely going more than that on Tom Brady this season. Hopefully he's not absolutely washed. Uh, I also like the, the season-long sportsbook prop on this as well, but a lot of states you can't get access to sportsbook, and this is the best you got in terms of over or under season-long fantasy props. 4,650 yards for Tom Brady. Uh, I'm just going to head over to runthesims.com for a second. You can see it right there. If you use runthesims.com slash mayo, get 10% off the entry price. But one thing that's always free on this site uh, is the projection builder for the season. So if you want to do your fantasy teams and season long and try to figure out everything that's going on, uh, then you can go in and adjust all your totals. You can see with Tampa Bay right now, I have Brady playing all of the games and Brady for, let's see here, what do we have him? Uh, he's going to rush it 5% of the time. No one really cares about that. We're here for the passing. 98% uh, of the market share, 1.6 interception rate. You can fiddle around with any of these, but here's the thing that really stuck out to me once I went into the projections after the Sims ran 5,000 they ran the season 5,000 times, and this is what we ended up with. So we ended up with our passing totals for the year. And as you can see on the passing grid for Tom Brady, we'll squeeze it back over for Tom Brady. You can see 5,294 yards. Let's say, and that's the median projection on Tom Brady for the season. So when we start thinking about it and what we can really do with fantasy props and go back over to prizepicks.com, uh, you will see you know, 4,650 it's substantially less. It's over 600 yards less. So even if he misses a game or isn't quite as good, the projections still love him as long as he plays the 17 games. So I think for season-long fantasy props, the main thing that you really want to do is target unders for a lot of situations because if guy gets injured, it's going to be really hard to get to that total. Brady, outside of the one really bad year when he blew his ACL out in Week 1 in 2008, Guy plays every single game. Unless he retires midseason, which I don't expect to happen, why would you come back if that was the case? That if he's going to play the 17 games, this seems like a smash more than 4,650-yard spot. So that's piece one. Piece two, we're going to scroll down a little bit and check out our good friend Matt Ryan. 3,905 yards for his more or less passing total for the season. Uh, I really like the under on everything Matt Ryan this year, and it's not really an indictment of Matt Ryan, but I've went over this a few times as we've talked about the Colts, that in the there's it's a weird dichotomy when you look at their games, because Carson Wentz didn't play well last season. I mean, Carson Wentz wasn't good last season. He actually did play pretty well until he ended up with COVID, and then towards the end of the year, he was absolutely horrendous. But he got so lucky on these jump balls that people were coming down with, dropped interceptions, fumbles that went out of bounds. This is what happens when your quarterback starts throwing left-handed under pressure instead of just 
eating the sack, weird things start to happen. But when you go through the Colts' schedule and you look at it, they have a lot of these games where they're gigantic favorites. Then you have your coin flip games. But most of Matt Ryan's best work is likely to be done in these close games. As we saw last year, I don't expect this to change all that much. When you see the Colts of seven points or more favored in a game, like they are week one against the Texans, that it's just run city. For them, they're going to pass a little bit early, but then they're just going to try to ice the game. Give Jonathan Taylor's 25 to 30 carries. Those are the big bonanza Jonathan Taylor games that we want. So Matt Ryan's going to not necessarily have to have an outlier year. I don't want to say that because this total's right around where the projections have him in terms of 3,900 for the year. We can just go over to Run the Sims and check out where Matt Ryan is. I bet he's right around this number, but just me personally, I think he goes way under it. So where are we at? Matt Ryan is right here. His projection is 3816 yards so that's his medium projection and I don't and I actually believe it's going to come in not like substantially under that but under it enough where I think we have a little bit of play because if Matt Ryan gets hurt dude's getting older I know the offensive line is a much better situation than he was in in Atlanta but you know he misses a game or two and there's no way that he's getting to more than 3900 and a half yards so that is one that I really like uh from the quarterback so the Brady more and the Matt Ryan less if you're trying to build a card. Now, you want to might play this as a two-play, a three-play, a four-play, a five-play, because i got three others that I really am invested in so far this season. One of them is rushing touchdowns, and this kind of goes the opposite of the injury angle that I talked about with a lot of the unders, where if a guy gets injured, the over is almost completely out of play, the more on the total. So A.J. Dillon is six and a half rushing touchdowns. At Run the Sims, uh, my own custom projections, I have him for eight and a half rushing touchdowns. And that's without Aaron Jones ever being hurt at all. So now we're in a situation on the other end where we know that A.J. Dillon is going to get a lot of work regardless of what happens with Aaron Jones, be it through the passing game, be it through the running game. For this one in particular, we need it to be the running game. But even if he can carve himself out a 40% share of inside the five touches on the Packers, he's easily going to trump this number. This is one of the big things of the scaling back of the passing game. At least that's what we perceive because we don't exactly know who Rodgers is going to have as his favorite target as of Yet. But when you lose Devontae Adams, one of the best receivers in football, your passing game is going to take a step back. Probably not substantially, because Aaron Rodgers is the back-to-back MVP. Guy's still pretty good. Despite what you may think of him off the field, good or bad, on the field, guy is legit. So the passing game is going to be fine, but one of the big things that the Packers always used to use in the red zone, especially inside the 10, inside the 5, was slant to Devontae Adams because he was always open. That's where so many of his touchdowns come from. You take that at a play, you don't have a receiver who can separate to the level of Devontae Adams. It's not to say they're all going to go to the running backs, but I would expect a run heavier game plan inside the 5, and Aaron Jones might eat into the, well, most definitely. I mean, let me say he might. He will most definitely eat into that, but just with in a neutral situation with 40% of the inside the 10 touches for A.J. Dillon, I have him projected at nine rushing touchdowns. Now, like I said about the injury, if something happens to A.J. Dillon, obviously he's not going to get there. However, if something happens to Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon might have this by like week seven. He's not going to need a whole lot of games in order to get to the more than six and a half rushing touchdowns for the year. So I love that one. And we'll go to receiving yards next. And this one... Uh, 
Well, this one's kind of tricky. So we're going to go to Sticky Gasicki. Mike Gasicki. Not Mike Evans. Not Mike Williams. There he is. He's 500 and... Oh, this is actually down than when I first played it. I still like the under, or the less, than 575.5 receiving yards. It earlier was 600.5 as of yesterday. So people have been jumping on to the Mike Gasicki. I don't like this one as much, but this is just an indictment of what you think of Gasicki on the Dolphins this year. They bring in another pass catcher who is better than he is, and he's playing more in line than outline. The dude is a terrible blocker. If we knew that he was actually playing the slot or even on the outside the entire season, they never asked the guy to block or kept him on the field in all passing situations, both things which don't look likely whatsoever, be an easy over on Mike Gesicki. But now you bring in two other options, Chase Edmonds out of the backfield to end up with the ball in terms of receiving along with his rushing and even Cedric Wilson, that there's just more options. And if you're going to play a truly, almost like we saw in San Francisco, if that's the best comparison that we have for this offense, that the Dolphins are going to love running the ball. And when they're throwing, they're throwing to Waddle and they're throwing to Tyreek. Because like, he just seems like the odd man out. Unless he gets traded, I would take the big under on Mike Gesicki, 575.5 less than that. And the last one that we're going to is actually on the defensive side of the ball. And this one's trickier. Don't have as much confidence, although I did play it to fill out my five pack, uh, you know, because I want to try to get 10x if I'm going to tie my money up for the entire season. Once again, prizepicks.com. Link is in the description just to bring you through. You'll automatically get that offer of a match deposit of $100 uh, on first deposit of $100. A match deposit. So you go 50, you get a free 50. If you go 100, you get a free 100, you go 101, you're only going to get the 100. So do the 100. Work from there and see how it goes if you use code MMN. Von Miller under or less than 9.75 sacks. So, I mean, the Bills offense is, Bills defense, sorry, is going to be relatively attacking, but Von Miller, I mean, that's a lot of sacks for Von Miller, who's getting up in age, a presence of a guy who's been hurt a lot over the past three years. So you're dealing with situations where, yeah, he could most definitely get 10 or more sacks this season, but with the way that the Bills attack on defense, it's not usually one primary guy that comes through and leads everyone. It's more of a complimentary piece, so a lot of half sacks, a lot of games with pressures but no sacks and someone else piles it up. Uh, I mean, over a half sack per game seems, I mean, it doesn't seem like a lot when you're saying this is Von Miller, a guy who's going to the Hall of Fame. However, I am big on taking the under in this situation. So under less than 9.75 sacks, which gives us Matt Ryan under passing yards, A.J. Dillon over rushing touchdowns, 6.5. Von Miller fewer than 9.75 sacks on the season. And then you have Mike Gesicki fewer than 575.5. Tom Brady over or more than 4,650. You put all of those together. You only need to hit four of the five. Uh, $100 on that will pay $1,000. $100 if you get four or five correct at the end of the year will pay $200. So if you're looking for something to put in your match deposit, uh, first time match deposit on prizepicks.com, code MMN. Uh, that is where I would be going with my preseason totals on the fantasy props. I like to play it more week to week because it's like compounding interest. Like if you tie up your money, you have to wait 18 weeks in order to get all of that back. If you do it week to week, island game to island game, which we're going to be previewing on fantasy football picks and bets, then you can roll over that money if you're having a good year and really make it work for you. Prize Picks has sponsored the Dogger Pass podcast UFC. Uh, we've now had 
had since they become the sponsor of the show and giving away our prize picks plays. Uh, we've won money six of eight weeks so far, so it's been pretty good over there. The Fantasy Golf Degenerates uh, golf podcast on Mayo Media Network is also doing prize picks this season as well. So we're really trying. Maybe we'll have some multi-sport ones coming through as well. But those are the five that I like for the preseason. Tambo will be back on Wednesday evening or Thursday morning for the opening night game of where he's going with his prize picks. But I did want to hit on some injuries before we get out of here and what we're looking at in terms of week one and guys that we need to pay attention to. So I want to go back to runthesims.com just for a minute. We'll go to the homepage on Run the Sims and see what we got going on here. Uh, once again, $2.99 for the season, and that gets you all the betting tools. That gets you all of the DFS optimizer. I'm going to show you here in a second how you can do that. But if you go to runthesims.com slash mayo, you can get that pretty easily. Here's our prize picks tool for week one. I'll be showing this off a little bit more on the Saturday show when I do the full injury report, but you can just kind of see. Here's what we got going on. Uh, like uh, pass attempts for Josh Allen, Thursday Night Football, the simulator, and this is based on a simulation of 10,000 simulations of each game. Josh Allen pass completions and pass attempts are artificially low on prize picks versus uh, how we actually run them. So an 84% winner on the over or more than 35.5 pass attempts for Josh Allen. So that's a great building block if you want to do that on Thursday. On the weekend slate, the best play so far is George Kittle less than 60.5 receiving yards against the Chicago Bears. So you can even do your value calculator on the other end. So if we take Josh Allen and we take George Kittle, uh, you can see that the power play EV for this, the expected value is $97 on the 100 entry. Uh, and if you do, I mean, we can't really do the flex play. It's only going to be the power play because there's only two options that go in there. But in odds to sweep this with the 84 and 78%, around 66% chance to win on the $100, that is a great position to be in on a two-leg if you wanted to get started. And you, this will be updated all season long on the prize picks tool. But what we really want to go into right now is the projections for week one and how we can figure this out. So you can use your classic optimizer for all of the sites in order to generate your lineups. But what I like to do to look at the projections and try to figure out injuries a lot of the time, and the system will update itself periodically throughout the week, especially before the Thursday night game, before the Sunday games, after we get the actives and inactives, and Monday night the same thing. But if you want to go in early and just try to tinker around, because the projections are completely customizable that the one I really wanted to hit on this is how I like to do it. I like to take the Monday to Thursday slate on DraftKings and then it gives you each of the games that you can look at and then you can click run the sims as you can see over here on the right the the screen share is just a little bit too small for all of this to come through but you can see all of the games here at the top and you can go individually into each game and tinker around with everything on the Pat Mayo experience Justin and I already talked about the Thursday night football game how you can play around with that and how you can use the showdown tools to the biggest advantage. But the biggest one I wanted to talk about first was J.K. Dobbins, because we don't know what in the hell is going on with him, whether or not he's going to play in week one. I'm starting to get the sense that he's not going to play in week one. Gus Edwards is like dead at this point. There's just no updates. I mean, he's not actually dead. He's like fantasy football dead at the moment. So I have taken the liberty of churning J.K. Dobbins to zeros 
on the board right now. And now becomes the decision, and we'll figure this out more as we get through the week, because uh, I, I want to do this because I'm doing the running back rankings on Tuesday, uh, that what's it going to be? What's going to be the split? Because now you have J.K. Dobbins, let's assume he doesn't play. He still might play, but he's going to be limited in some sort of capacity in a game where they're seven-point favorites against the Jets. Jets run defense is like, okay, it's no great shake, so you're, they're going to be able to run all over them. Now we have Lamar allocated at 32 percent of the touches. I agree with that. I think that's right around the range where he's going to be, especially as a big favor. What happens if the Ravens end up 14-0 in the, or 28-10 to 10 or something in the third quarter? They're going to be running the ball a ton. Who is going to be running the ball for the Ravens? Beat reporters should tell the story as we get closer to game time, but right now I've hedged a little bit. I have Mike Davis at 35% of the market share of rushes and 33% of the touchdowns. I basically just split all the Dobbins. I I pooled the Dobbins, Davis, and Kenyon Drake work and basically just have Dobbins onto Davis and to Kenyon Drake. So Kenyon Drake, 31% with a 30% target share. I would expect Kenyon Drake to have a larger part of the receiving game, but I just don't expect the Ravens to be checked down city in this game a lot. I don't expect a lot of running back pass catching in this game more of the rushing attempt so if it's a big blow maybe you lean Mike Davis a little bit more but what I really wanted to go to is now we're just going to immediately run this slate 5,000 times so it's going to simulate it it's going to give us our median results just to see where someone like Mike Davis and Jake and Kenyon Drake end up coming out in the projections this week so a lot of this is used for daily fantasy you can see optimal leverage points on the entire I picked the entire slate for a reason not the main slate But when you go into the DIY simulator at the top under NFL and not the classic optimizer, what you can do and play around with this is actually see each individual medium projection for each of the players. So if we go to our running backs, now we can kind of sort and see what's coming up here. So Mike Davis puts him at 12.3 rushing attempts for 47 yards and 0.4 of a touchdown. Overall, that's going to give us 10.1 fantasy points and full point PPR for the week. Where does that leave Kenyon Drake for us? Let's see. Where are we at here? Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake a little bit better. So he's 10.6 points at 10.8, but he has 2.7 targets, 2.1 catches. Obviously, there's going to be fractional stuff in here. So what we can do in terms of the customizable, if you think it's going to go back to inputs, and then you go back to this game, let's just pretend for a second that... You know, this is an absolute route, and you can change the points scored in this game. Say, hey, I think that the Ravens are going to win 30 to, yeah, 18 sounds good. 30 to 18 Ravens over the Jets. We'll just manually adjust that score, hit save, and the rushing rate we're going to say is around 60% in this circumstance uh, just because they're going to be winning by a lot of the game. And if that's the case, maybe in our minds we say that Kenyon Drake likely more of the receiving back, Mike Davis more of the rushing overall attack. So now we're going to bump up Mike Davis to, let's say, 46% of the rushing market share. He's the primary back in this backfield in this circumstance that J.K. Dobbins sits and they get out to a big lead. That puts us at 111, so we need to take off 11% from Kenyon Drake. Just put him at an even 20. So now we're back to 100 to make our simulator work. And in this circumstance, almost like we bumped it up a little bit, we're going to drop 
Kenyon Drake to 20% of the market share of touchdowns. And we're going to bump up Mike Davis 10%, just to kind of even it out a little bit, because that's what we expect to happen in this circumstance. You could think the inverse happens, and all of a sudden you want to be going with Kenyon Drake at 46%. Like, I don't know about what's going on with a lot of this stuff, because we just don't have that information. But we're trying to plan ahead to see what happens if there's no J.K. Dobbins. Because if you need to pluck someone off the waiver wire... Stuff like this can go a long way before people realize what's going on. So we're going to run this slate again 5,000 times, simulate it up, go back to our projections, and now we can see where those guys are going to come in. Mike Davis is obviously going to be higher than Kenyon Drake now that we've shifted it in his favor. So he comes in just after Cam Akers and just ahead of Josh Jacobs. So his new stat line looks like 18 rushing attempts, 70 yards, half a touchdown, 1.1 catches. It's not a great game by any stretch of the imagination, but now that puts him at like running back 21, running back 22 for the week in a situation where he's basically unowned in most season long leagues. I'm not saying you need to go rush out and get Mike Davis, but if you're in a situation where you have J.K. Dobbins, you're unsure about what is going to happen with him, or you're just in a situation where you have bad running backs and you need to pick someone up off the waiver wire this week as a spot start. Hopefully that's not the case in week one because week one's the easiest to fill in with no bye weeks. The first like six weeks of the season are really good for this because that's just the way it works. But if you play in a deep league, you need a flex play, a running back too because you're weak in those sorts of spots. Mike Davis, if you believe it's going to be him, and I would guess in a larger spread game with the Ravens where rushing becomes more of a focal point for them, all of a sudden, I think Mike Davis becomes a somewhat viable play. Am I going to use him on DraftKings? Probably not. But even we go into the prize picks for week one and they start offering Mark, my, Mike Davis lines and Kenyon Drake lines, if that's the hunch you want to go with, there could be a nice possibility. And all of a sudden, like we haven't projected at 0.5 touchdowns when we simulate it 5,000 times. I mean, that could be two touchdowns for all we know. Like touchdowns are so wildly variant week to week. It just takes a few touches from the three yard line. He gets himself in and all of a sudden he's having a bonanza day. And this is what I would do rather than, let's say, take a look at it right here and go with, I don't know, who's after him here that we could potentially use. Like J.D. McKissick, like guys that are available, Naheem Hines. Um, I mean, Kareem, I'd probably play him over Kareem Hunt this week. Although I don't mind Kareem Hunt as much in this Carolina game. Um, you know, Rex Burkhead, who I think is going to have a decent role, a decent PPR option. Kenneth Gainwell, Michael Carter. So like of all the backups that you might be thinking like, oh, maybe they could sneak a touchdown. Maybe they could get themselves into the end zone. Maybe they'll catch a bunch of passes. It does seem like if you can pick right between Davis and Drake, and Davis being that option right now, that I'd probably roll with the upside of one of those two guys in that situation if you're pressed for the spot. At least that's the way that I'm going about this in this situation. So some of the other injuries that we're rolling with this week that we need to pay attention to. Kenneth Walker is still dealing with this hernia. That means we're going to get a boatload of Rashad Penny. You might say that Travis Homer or DJ Dallas is going to get involved in the receiving game. You might be right on that, but you know they don't love throwing to their running back. So Rashad Penny, they're going to give him an opportunity if Walker sits. Now, that's the Monday night game, so we might not know the full availability or status of Kenneth Walker before that, but I would expect to see... Rashad Penny, 70, 75% of the running back snap that makes him a very legit option in season long for the for at least week one. James Robinson, 
I'm just not seeing it week one. He might be in uniform. He might get a few touches, but it's still so early to be back from this Achilles injury. Like, I think Cam Akers is overall a a better running back talent-wise than James Robinson. Look how awful he was coming back on short recovery time from an Achilles. Travis Etienne is in a situation where he could be playing 80-85% of the running back snaps week one against the Commanders. That is an excellent position, minus Chase Young on the other side of the ball to be in. Uh, and so don't underrate Travis Etienne and don't feel obligated to play James Robinson in week one. Even if you start hearing murmurs, oh, maybe he's going to be the lead back. He's not going to be the lead back in week one. He's just not. It's not happening. They're going to ease him back in and I think that Etienne has the potential to run away with this job early and the great thing about etn versus james robinson as a fantasy back is even when robinson's on the field we still might get some etn out of the slot as a halfback to use for jet sweeps short route running because the receiving game should be very good and the trust between lawrence and etienne is already there so that is a situation where james robinson i'd rather you just sit out I can use Travis Etienne with no problems, but I'm using him either way. He's going to be a top 15 running back for me this week when we do the debate show with Jake Seeley. Other injuries to watch out for right now. Kadarius Toney's dealing with a leg injury. Not sure yet if he's going to go or not because this is just like last year. Like every time he get banged up, all of a sudden he's fine, he's fine. Oh, yeah, oh no, he's not playing. Okay, great news. Miles Sanders still dealing with this hamstring. It does appear like he is going to be a go in week one. Debo Samuel has this knee injury. I'd pay attention to this because, listen, they should smoke the Bears either way. Although it's a real trappy game, as we mentioned on the spread show this week, that like everyone in the world, myself included, is on the 49ers for spread, for survivor, for just loading up on that running attack in the fantasy defense. It all makes perfect sense with no offensive line for the Bears, a second-year quarterback who didn't even play a full season last year, and a really good defense and an excellent pass rush on the other side of the ball. It all just kind of equals out. So maybe they feel like they don't need Debo. If he's not actually, you know, even if he's not 80%, they probably don't want to rush him here. They're thinking about Super Bowl that I think he does play, but he's someone to write down and be like, let's pay a little bit of attention to this and see what happens to make sure that he is fine. He, they might limit his rushing attempts in this game, though, if he's not feeling up to 100%, or if they get big, they might actually yank him. So I'm a bit warm lukewarm on Debo, at least for week one purposes. You'll see the rankings when they come out. I think I have him at like 24 or something like that, which is well below where I think that he would be in a more competitive game where I knew that he was 100% healthy. Zach Ertz has this calf problem. He may or may not play. Trey McBride would step into that role presumably, if there's no Zacherts, but I wouldn't expect him to see that sort of target share. We jump back over to run the Sims for a moment. We go back to our inputs and take a look at Kansas City. And at the moment, so you see Blake Bell, you have, I mean, that's on the Kansas City side of the ball. I'm an absolute moron. So no DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, We have our injury notes for Zach Ertz, Max Williams, and he's probably not going to be back for week one. We'll see. Not that I know double X Max isn't so bad, but we also have Rondell Moore, who's dealing with an undisclosed injury at this point. Not sure whether or not Cliff Kingsbury said they don't know if either of them are going to play. I would guess they both end up playing, but this is an afternoon game on the afternoon slate, and we might be into a situation where we originally had Zach Ertz projected for 22% of the receiving market share. What happens if he don't play in this game? So let's just put him at zero for a second and bump up McBride to... 
12%. We are very high on Rondell Moore. What happens if Rondell Moore doesn't play? Well, AJ Green all of a sudden is going to look like he's at 20%. And and Mr. Wesley, Wesley, Antoine Wesley, is probably going to be up around 15% of the market share. And we still have 10% to divvy out. We're still only at 90% of the situation. So let's say Max Williams plays. Let's give him 5%. Now we can bump up McBride another percent, give him 13. It's going to be a whole lot of Hollywood Brown. We'll bump him up to 29%. So now we're back at our 100 to make the simulator work. And now we can kind of take a look at what happens at tight end. Should anything have happened to Zach Ertz and Rondell Moore both being out? I would expect at least one of them to play. So this is an extreme situation once we try to run all the numbers with everything. But... If you need a tight end week one, this could be a situation. You might not know till late. That's the issue with all of it. So where would that put him? So he's still not inside the top 10 of tight ends once we start going down. Oh, Trey McBride. Trey McBride would come in at seven fantasy points, the same as Hunter Henry, right around Mike Gesicki. I haven't I haven't gone in and really bottomed out Gesicki yet, but you know, he's in that bottom, like Daniel Bellinger, Goddard, Irv Smith range, but he is 100% available. And we know that people have already gone after Zach Ertz. Now, if you have the option of taking, let's say, Komet or Irv Smith or even Noah Fant over, not Danny McBride, Trey McBride, Kenny Powers is, uh, is not going to be on the field for the Arizona Cardinals. But in deeper leagues, like Brevin Jordan, looks like he's getting boxed out. At least that's how it appears with some of the moves that they've made and moves that they've tried to make so far in Houston. Like, I would go with Gesicki over him. I like Bob Tunyon a little bit more based on the touchdown equity. But I think if we're just trying to find a very reasonable line with the floor, 3.1 catches, 32 yards, is what his medium projection is going to be. But there's not a lot of pass-catching options if that's going to be the case as underdogs at home to Kansas City. So that's an interesting situation that we can look at we try to file through who the streaming tight ends for the week that's just one that no one is going to be there because people are going to assume that Zach Ertz plays now maybe Zach Ertz does play but you know he's an older guy calf injury soft tissue he's already been out a month and not practicing I don't need him to practice in order to be really good and feel confident in playing him as like a bottom end tight end one but if he doesn't go does create some opportunity Logan Thomas is going to miss Week one, presumably, could be back for week two, though, which is just crazy to think about <laughs> based on where he was about six months ago. Michael Gallup might give it a go for week one. He might stay off the pup list. I still wouldn't expect him to go. Jalen Tolbert and Noah Brown are the two that I'd probably turn to. Tolbert over Brown for the Dallas receivers. If that's how you want it to go, just take a look here of how those guys rate out for week one. How do we have them? Yeah, Jalen Tolbert, 15% of the market share. That's third to both C.D. Lamb, who I love, and Dalton Schultz at 18%. So you have Tolbert at 15, Noah Brown at 7, Turpin at 7, uh, Fe- Fecoco at 5%. Now you can, can if you have the runthesims.com slash mail package, you can go and put in your custom inputs for this. If you really think that it's going to be Tolbert and Brown, you can take Turpin's share and just give it to them, even them out, however you want to do it, then go run your sims to figure out where these guys all want to stack up amongst receivers this week. Injuries that I'm not super concerned about, uh, but worth noting, just in case, uh, and one of them is Monday Night Football. No, one of them is not Monday Night Football, is it? No, it's not. Drake London and the knee playing the Saints. It's not a great matchup, but he's been out since week one 
the preseason with that knee injury. I feel like they were just putting him in bubble wrap to make sure that he's ready for week one. Really like Atlanta, plus five and a half, by the way. If you're betting spreads out there, more on that on the Best Bet Show Thursday with Rob Pizzola and Cam Stewart on the Pat Mayo Experience. Michael Thomas has been dealing with this hamstring injury. He is still expected to play at the moment, but it's Michael Thomas. He could just not play for 10 weeks. We've seen weird stuff like this from him before, so keep up to date with all of the latest information. I'll have it on the show, or just go to, like, Roto World or wherever you want to go. Wherever you get your news source from, get the beat reports about what's going on with Michael Thomas, because all of a sudden, Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave become viable options for week one where they're more in the wait and see bucket at the moment but if Michael Thomas is playing I'm playing him as like wide receiver 27 or something like that for the week just because you know I can't quit me some Michael Thomas if he's on the field Darren Waller hamstring contract issue I expect him to play but guys have sat out for contracts before and I mean the hamstring's not great by any means I think that's sort of like a red herring but the contract is the real issue they get him wrapped up he's back on the field he'll still be in the top six tight ends for week one as long as he's out there but just something to pay attention to Daniel Bellinger who I just mentioned is in concussion protocol he should escape that by week one to face the Titans Ricky Seals Jones was given the buyout uh it's funny when we take a look at those tight ends in terms of projections the optimizer loves loves Daniel Bellinger, who by all accounts absolutely sucks, but he is so cheap on DraftKings at the absolute min of 2,500. He's projected for 8.1 points. Maybe they have a signing. Maybe he doesn't play. Who knows? But Sterling Shepard is just back on the field after an Achilles injury. He's not playing. We don't know about Kadarius Toney. Colin Johnson's already out for the year for the Vikings. They are five and a half points. They're the most backed underdog of the week, and they're going to be one of the most popular stacks on DraftKings with Daniel Jones Wednesday and like Kenny Galladay looks absolutely cooked that if Bellinger's out there just through attrition like 3.3 catches on 5.1 targets and 0.2 of a touchdown like that doesn't sound like much all of a sudden he gets a touchdown he is I mean I'd probably take Trey McBride if Zach Ertz was out we probably won't know that at the time until the inactives come out later so if you're in a pinch and need to do it Bellinger might be the play. That is gross. Hopefully your week one team isn't so bad. This is more for people in 14, 16, 18, 20 team leagues that he might be still out there and be a viable stream with potential upside. He might absolutely reek. No worries about that. Like based on what we saw from him in the preseason, he kind of sucks, but has had bad preseasons all the time. It's just the one play that bounced out of his hand for an interception credited to our friend Daniel Jones, but that just sticks out in your mind. And when you have such a small sample of players, especially being a rookie, playing in the preseason, not full-time, suffered a concussion towards the end, you only have like five plays that you can really point to. But the numbers like him, so I'm willing to give him a chance More so for daily fantasy, but in need of a tight end stream in a deep league, that's the way to look. Uh, Deontay Johnson's shoulder, he left the preseason game with it. It sounds like that's all precautionary and that he is going to be okay. That is the first episode of the year for Fantasy Football Picks and Bets. Every Monday with me, Waiver Wire Monday Night Football Preview, Tambo. On Thursday, Thursday Night Football Preview, DraftKings First Look. Saturday, with me, Rankings Update, Full Injury Report, and the best prize picks of the week for the weekend. RunTheSims.com slash Mayo to get yourself the customizable betting tools, daily fantasy tools, and prize picks tools that are all up there. Get you 10% off. PrizePicks.com, code MMN for a match deposit of up to $100. Thank you all for watching. Smash the like on the way out. Sub to the channel. I'll see you next time. Yeah!